안녕하세요. Good morning, good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까, my brothers and sisters. You know, after I prayed long time since I came to America, I finally I uh, made a strong determination. I started from the food ministry yesterday morning. So I'd like to invite some people, you know, uh, to my uh, breakfast table every morning. So I started to have uh, from the uh, Clifton Church. Yeah, yesterday I invited the New Jersey church members to breakfast in my room and New York Hotel. Uh, they are Peter Friun and John Kel uh, Calvin and Yoriko Mayo and his son, Hyo Chong Mayo. We had a very, very beautiful meeting, even though very short. I don't have much time, but we share many things. Thank you so much for your coming and joining my breakfast table. Yeah, that's Guru Foto. Uh, today I'd like to talk about the blessing and eternal life from True Mother's Anthology, Volume 2. Let's study. The blessing and eternal life. Where will humanity head in the future? Humanity can enter the kingdom of God by passing through the gate of this blessing. There are millions of Christians in our world today. And Christianity itself can enter the kingdom of God through the gate of this blessing. Some may complain that the message Reverend Moon and I are teaching is self-serving. If they want to believe this, that is their choice. Nonetheless, I am here to convey the message that the unification marriage blessing is the true road for all fallen people to take. No matter how much persecution it may bring, our mission is to connect the spirit world and the physical world through this blessing and open the way for people to enter the kingdom of God. Other religious people think of salvation in terms of the individual. They believe that as long as their faith is strong, they can enter the kingdom of heaven as individuals. From the viewpoint of God's original ideal, we were never intended to enter the kingdom of heaven as single people. We enter only with our loving spouse and family. The real purpose of life is to walk forward on the road of true love. We are to grow through harmonious relationships of true love. We have to carefully maintain the ideal of true love in our hearts. We are actually the representatives of the spirit world. Let us constantly strive to spread true love. Let us sow the seeds of true love throughout our lives. When we bear the fruit of true love and enter the eternal spirit world as a loving couple, we will be embraced by God's eternal love. We then truly become one with God. Even though the physical body grows old, as long as we live as husband and wife, centering on true love, our spiritual body will actually become younger. This means that the longer we live, the more handsome or beautiful our spiritual body becomes. Yes. The blessing is the gate that not only all mankind, but even spirits that left this world 
must pass through the enter the kingdom of heaven. There is no exception here. The unification marriage blessing is the true road, uh, true road for all fallen people to take. Jesus as, uh, uh, just as Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The blessing is the way to be born again through the Messiah. This is, the because, uh, this is because this blessing is the way that God has officially permitted. And it is the path that even Satan cannot accuse. No matter how much persecution it may bring, our mission is to connect the spiritual world and physical world through the this blessing and open the way for people to enter the kingdom of heaven. Other religious, other religious people think of salvation in terms of the individual. I was very inspired to, uh, to hear the, uh, our Rolandes, uh, the, uh, the family, and then yeah, Mrs. Lorande wife is really delivery, always carrying the holy wine, always. And then whenever she meet the people and then introduce blessing and giving the holy wine. Yeah, that kind of spirit, the true spirit of the unificationist. I really admire that kind of the heart, how to save people. She really know the value of the blessing. She really convey the blessing to, you know, uh, to many people. From the viewpoint of God's original ideal, we were never intended to enter the kingdom of heaven as a single people. We need to know that the entrance to the kingdom of heaven happens when husband and wife become one pair and take the first step. When we bear the fruit of the true love and enter the eternal spiritual world as a loving couple, we will be embraced by God's eternal love. We then truly become one with God. Even though the physical body grows old, as long as we live as a husband and wife centering on true love, our spiritual body will actually become younger. This means that the longer we live, the more handsome or beautiful our spiritual body becomes. My brothers and sisters, According to so Father Sharing, it is said that if you go to spiritual world and call your tens or hundreds of generation ancestor, grandparents, they will not appear as very old people where they have the very long beard, you know, white about hair, not like that. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> they they but uh, they will appear as young people in their earthly life. That's why when you go to the spiritual world, everyone is said to be brothers and sisters and friends beyond the uh, dimension of age. That's why when, when, when you see your father, he's a very young guy, your mother is a very young lady. No? On earth, the standard of the handsome uh, handsomeness or beauty is a determined based on uh, external appearance of the person, but the standard in spiritual world is that the standard of handsomeness or beauty is determined according to the degree to which a person has a perfect true love owners. From that point of view, all of you who attended the morning devotion are handsome men and beautiful uh, women. No, you don't think so? 
Thank you so much. And the living divine principle human fall, the primary characteristics of the fallen nature. Let's study again. Primary characteristics of the fallen nature. The primary characteristics of the fallen nature can be divided broadly into four types. The first is failing to take God's standpoint. A principal cause of the archangel's fall was his failure to love Adam with the same heart and perspective as God. Instead, he felt jealous of Adam. This led him to tempt Eve. The second is leaving one's proper position. Lucifer desired to enjoy the same position of love in the human world as he had in the angelic world. This unrighteous desire caused him to leave his position and fall. The third is reversing dominion. The angel, who was supposed to come under the dominion of human beings, instead dominated Eve. Then Eve, who was supposed to come under the dominion of Adam, dominated him instead. The fourth is multiplying the criminal act. The archangel spread his sin to Eve and Eve to Adam. Father Swift. Detach from our fallen nature. We must completely detach from our fallen nature. To cut free from fallen nature, we must first, we first must dissociate from our original individual selves. Hence, we must be victorious as individuals and then on the levels of the family, people, nation, world, and finally the cosmos. This would be the realm of complete freedom from fallen nature. When we finally discover ourselves as object partners to God, having overcome our fallen nature, we will immediately realize that God is watching over us and come to know that instead of simply believing in God, we are with God. Yes. How can we detach from our fallen nature? We first must start with our individual selves. Then we have to go to, uh, we have uh, have to go on to the level of the family, people, nation, and world and cosmos, right? In order to indemnify, indemnify those, even true parents walk uh, through the course of eight stages, vertically and horizontally. If human beings detach from the uh, they are fallen nature. Everyone, without exception, will experience something. What kind of experience? Again, this is an important point, okay? If human beings detach from their fallen nature, everyone, without exception, will experience something. We will experience going beyond, going beyond the level of the simply believing in God and immediately realize that God and I are not separated beings, but that God and I are one. And we will come to know that God is watching over us as our parents. We will feel that God is walking with us all the time. We must, we do feel God. We can feel God to extend to that we remove our fallen nature. That means that anyone can remove their fallen nature and, and, uh, uh, and will feel God to the extent 
that their mind and body become one, you will reach a state where you can never deny God. So my brothers and sisters, as long as I, you know, detach from my fallen nature, then much you can feel God. You know, why I cannot feel God anymore? Because your fallen nature issue. You did not separate from your fallen nature. Did not remove your fallen nature. The reason I cannot feel God is because my mind and body have still not become one. And because there are still fallen nature left in me. The reason I cannot feel the being God at all is because that's the extent to which I have a lot of the fallen nature and self-assertion uh, left in me. Therefore, as much as I, uh, you know, I, I unite uh, the, my mind, my mind and body united. I can feel God. I cannot deny God. I cannot deny spiritual world. I cannot deny God is with me all the time. Well, sometimes I do not believe in God. I really do not know God exists or not. You know, even though you join church quite a long time, but I cannot feel God. I cannot feel He is my father or my mother. I cannot feel. That means you are still carry on your fallen nature a lot. That's why Father said, this is a definitely. As much as I eradicate my fallen nature, I can feel God. So you can, you look at the father and mother. You know, father is standard. He completely unite his mind and body, right? That's why I can see the future. Can feel God's heart. Can feel God's sorrowful heart. You can immediately know whenever see someone, his situation, his problem, his difficulties, his wishes, everything can know. That's the standard of the unity between mind and body. Why I even, why we cannot feel even my wife's heart, my husband's heart, my children's heart, my neighbor's heart. Why? Because I still carry on all, all kinds of fallen nature. This is the issue. Huh? No insight. Wow. Do you know that? How much we are, we have, we carry on searching for the nature, inherited from our ancestors. That's why we really pray. And we need to put a lot of chungsong. Really, we try to really struggle how to remove our fallen nature. This is our really task and our job to do that. Uh, next, the Father's word again. You need to become a lump of clay God can shape and mold as he pleases. When you stand in front of heaven, you have to reveal your shortcomings and recognize that you are a sinner. You need to become a lump of clay God can shape and mold as he pleases. This process is impossible if you assert or even acknowledge yourself. Thus, the biblical saying, those who lose their life for my sake will find it is validated. There is fallen nature everywhere in the body. There's fallen nature within these eyes, in these ears, in these lips. We must completely eliminate fallen nature. If God leads us one way, 
we must follow. If God takes us another way, we must go. If God tells us to extend our hand, we should do it. If God commands that we retreat, we must retreat. We should be absolutely willing to do as God wishes. Yeah, I think his guidance really uh, teaching uh, so many things. The way to detach from your fallen nature is to first reveal your shortcomings and repent with the tears that you are the sinner of the sinners. This is an important point. Anyone really realize you are sinner of the sinners, then from that step, your life of faith begins. You do not realize you are sinner of the sinner, your life of faith, faith not begins. When you realize you are sinner of the sinner, then automatically tears come down. But just your mouth, you are saying that I'm the sinner of the sinner, but there is no tears in this, you do not realize. You do not realize how much simple you are, how much simple I am. That's why when you realize you are sinner of the sinner, there is a deep repentance with the tears. Next, you need to become a clay, like a being that God shape and a mold as he please. Whatever the potter makes with the clay, the clay cannot assert itself. It must completely leave itself in the potter's hands. It must completely deny itself. Wow, this, uh, this kind of explanation is really incredible, right? God, what's the position of God? Is His position is a potter. And then what's the my position? The clay. Then what's the my, what's the my portion of response? Is the clay absolutely denied? It's up to God. Fallen man, actually, you are nothing. It's up to Porto's hand. Therefore, you need to completely deny. You cannot, you know, cannot assert yourself. You are fallen nature. According to original value, you are nothing. You, as long as you, you are a fallen person, you are, your value is nothing. For fallen people to go on the path of the self-denial is by no means, by no means easy. This is because we are carrying even our ancestors' fallen nature that was passed down for 6,000 years. Thus, the Bible saying, those who lose their life for my sake will find it is validated. The conclusion is that without passing through the course of self-denial to a state of, uh, state of dying, human beings can never get rid of the, their fallen nature. In order to remove my fallen nature, <coughs> what Jesus said, you need to prepare to die, really die, and born again. Without dying, you cannot be born again, cannot be resurrected. That much is so serious, that much is so difficult to deny my own self, self-denial, fallen man, it is almost impossible. My brothers and sisters, that's why Bible saying you have to be clay. You cannot insist on your opinion at all. You have to be clay. 
you know, you talk to God, Heavenly Father. I am nothing. I want to deny my, myself. You talk to you, Heavenly Father. That kind of the real emptiness, that kind of the self-denial. You need to completely eliminate the fallen nature that asserts itself. If God leads us one way, we must follow. If God takes us another way, we must go. If God tells us to extend our hand, we should do it. If God comments that we retreat, we must retreat. We should be absolutely willing to do as God wishes. We are fallen people. Of course, our original value is more valuable than God, but our fallen value is nothing, nothing. Like Otherwise, God cannot recreate me. We need to know that. Why God's providence, it takes a long time. Fallen man, almost impossible to deny you know, his fallen nature. Cherish the, the, the time to have Sunday service to this. Use ministry. Let's just study. All beings have the will of the owner that made them come into existence. When people make things, they have a purpose for making them. That is why that thing is used according to the intentions and aim of the owner who made it. Human beings were not created by human beings themselves. If the being that made humans was God, then God has a purpose for creating humans. Therefore, human beings must live according to God's will and blueprint to live a right life. To drive a car properly, you must know how to use it well. In this way, all things are endowed with the will of the owner who intends to use them. However, if that thing breaks down, it becomes a useless thing. Based on this principle, since God created me, I should live according to his purpose of creation. When we think from this principle, it is basic common sense that I must become a person necessary for God's will. However, all people struggle to live according to God's will. What is the reason? It is because human beings have broken down and came to have fallen nature. If you do not repair broken things, you cannot use them. Therefore, it is important to first be self-aware that I am a broken human being. When we are completely repaired, we become necessary things to the owner again. Oh, Dr. Young, uh, you're muted. You're muted, Dr. Young. Okay. All things has a purpose for existing. That thing is used according to the use of the person who made it. Similarly, when God created human beings, he had a blueprint for human beings. So we need to know that I am not causal being. I am resultant being, right? God created me. That's why God is a subject partner. I am the object partner. He is the creator. He created me. I am the object partner. He is a create a creator. 
That's why I absolutely know his blueprint. His blueprint should be my purpose of my life. Then we can achieve our life of purpose only when human beings live according to the purpose we were created for. Or in other words, our blueprint. Therefore, I must first thoroughly recognize that I am an entity that cannot live according to my own will, assertions, and insistence. This is basic common sense. That's why, how can I create happy? Follow absolutely God's blueprint. God's blueprint. If I absolutely follow God's blueprint, I can become a happy person. I can create an ideal family. You know, I can create kingdom of heaven according to his blueprint, not my own blueprint. That's why, why so many people cannot gain happiness and joy because they go their own way. But what do we human beings struggle so much to live according to the God's will? It is because human beings have broken down and came to have a fallen nature. Therefore, if you do not repair broken things, you cannot use them. It is important for us first to be self-aware that I am a broken human being. I am a broken human being. I am a broken human being. I need to self-aware of the reality on what kind of being I am. And I must repair myself while asking where I am broken and compare it to a what on intact part before the uh, you know, breakdown would have looked like. Next. Cherish the time to have service. True parents who came to this earth have taught us how to become true people again. And through the principle, they gave us detailed guidance on how to repair our broken selves well. In order for our broken selves to be properly repaired, just as people of the Old Testament age completely kept the commandments, we must cherish rituals, institutions, and worship that God commanded us to practice. For our faith to be established, we must first cherish holding church service with our utmost sincerity. People who regard service indifferently do not have the chance of being born again through true love. That is why we must cherish the time to have service the most. People who cannot even be on time for service at church just keep, keep on living their lives in a broken state. The time to have service is the time to meet God. The time to have service is the time to repair our broken selves. Therefore, people who are not inspired and moved through Sunday service will spend their whole life in vain. If we cannot evoke our mind to become a holy mind through service, our broken mind cannot be repaired. In other words, reform in humanity cannot happen. We must revive our relationship with God through church service. Yeah. <clears throat> to repair broken human beings or to heal sick human beings, 
God sent the Messiah to this earth as the repair man and doctor. That's why true parents who came to this earth taught us the laws of true love. In this sense, true parents are doctors. We are the patients. The divine principle the, and, and the, the word are medicine that doctor and prescribes to us. For the patient to be healed from their illness, they must absolutely obey what doctor tells them to do. And that, and they must uh, diligently take the medicine prescribed by the doctor. The divine principle and parents what are true parents what are the best medicine to heal our wronged souls. Divine principle is the best medicine. That's why you need to read again and again and again and again. Because divine principle is the best medicine to heal my soul. You know, to repair broken human beings, God worked the restoration by going through the Old Testament age, New Testament age, complete Testament age. People of the Old Testament age completely kept the commandment of Moses' time. Wow, now recently I'm reading the Bible again. Wow, my goodness. You know, the commandment of the Moses, God's commandment. So strong, so severe. You know, when you're reading the Old Testament, God is how much severe God, you know? No compromise at all with the evil. Huh? You do not worship God. You worship another God. God cannot forgive. How much serious? But those who thoroughly follow the God's commandment and unite with God, incredible blessing. That's why I realized, the, the more I read the Old Testament era, I realized that the fundo, how much important, following the, over the God's word. And then, you know, absolutely about unite with God. Then you, you will receive incredible blessing. Like so, in order for us to resurrect our souls from the formation stage, we must cherish the commandment, rituals, institutions, and worship that God commanded to us. In the formation stage, we first need to cherish church Sunday service with our utmost sincerity. People who regard Sunday service indifferently do not have the chance of being born again through true love. We must cherish the time to have service the most. People who cannot uh, even be on time for Sunday service at the church just keep on living their lives in a broken state. The time to have a Sunday service is the time to meet God. Before service starts, we first need to prepare to receive the word with a ready heart. You need to prepare your heart. And listen, you need to come before 10 minutes of the starting Sunday service need to prepare your heart. The time to have a service is the time to repair our broken, broken selves. Therefore, people who are not inspired and moved through the Sunday service will spend their whole life in vain. If we cannot evoke our mind to become a holy mind through Sunday service, our broken mind cannot be repaired. 
we must revive our relationship with God through the church Sunday service. Sunday service is very, very important. Really, it is a time to meeting God. It is a time to reflect on myself. It is a time to real redetermination. You know, how much beautiful time. Really offering. Sunday service is my own time. Sunday service is really God's time. I need to unite with God. I need to listen to his word. I need to listen to his advice. How much beautiful time, Sunday service. Next. Keep your standard of spirit from when you had service. If you receive grace through the service, you must keep the standard of spirit from when you received grace. However, if you fall below the standard of spirit during service, you present a condition which Satan can immediately accuse and you suffer disasters. That is why people who cherish service and are always on time for service will surely receive blessings from God. God will treat me preciously as much as I cherish myself. <laughs> However, people who neglect church service time or only attend occasionally or just come and go like spectators, even if they attend service, have little chance to cultivate their own spirit. People who fail to be on time, even for the smallest worship service times and do not cherish them, have no way to be repaired. In short, there is no way to be restored. What you must all know is that our faith is when the relationship between God and me is established as that of parent and child. The relationship of heart begins to form and be restored. In that sense, restoration is ultimately the restoration of heart. The fall is when the parent and child's relationship of heart becomes estranged. In the end, faith begins when I recognize that God is my eternal parent. And no matter what happens, no matter what the circumstance is, I am God's son and daughter. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. We need to cherish Sunday service of the Lord's day. The more I cherish Sunday service and the more I prepare for it, the greater grace I receive. I am sure I am telling you. Grace is not something I receive, but something I create. This is because I receive the, uh, the extent that I prepared. To receive grace through service, you need to prepare your heart first. You need to be able to long for service. You need to have a longing heart for service. And since service is a time to meet God, you also need to take care of your looks and dress yourself in the best clothes. My brothers and sisters, if you had an appointment to meet through parents, what kind of the clothes would you wear? Heavenly God is not, 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 value, not valuable than true parents. He's a fundamental being. That's why it's up to you. It's up to your attitude. Oh, Western culture, just a normal culture, it's more friendship. I don't care. Humanistic world. Important in centering on God's point of view. God wants to see your attitude. 
child, you need to wear the best clothes. I'm not talking about expensive clothes or cheap clothes. That doesn't matter. You need to prepare with your heart best clothes. If you had an appointment to meet through parents, what kind of clothes would you wear? Not, not each of the Western culture or Korean culture or Japanese culture. You need to show your attitude. If you prepare your heart well, centering on your great attitude, God surely bless you. It's up to you. Even with a donation, you need to prepare 30 days before. You keep donation money inside the, inside the book of the like a Bible or the chansong or whatever. Keep for at least 30 days and prepare your chansong. My brothers and sisters, and offer it with the standard of having prayed and offered a chongsong. God receive your chongsong donation. It doesn't matter how much amount. God wants to receive your chongsong donation, not how much amount. If you receive grace through the Sunday service, you must keep the standard of the spirit from when you receive the grace. However, if you fall below the standard of spirit during Sunday service, you present a condition which is Satan can immediately accuse and you suffer disasters. That's why people who cherish Sunday service are always on time for service, will surely receive a blessing from God. God will treat me preciously, very preciously, as much as I cherish myself. That's why it's up to you. What kind of heart are you preparing? You know? That's why those who do not understand Sunday service, oh my goodness. How? How can you receive the blessing? Sunday is not belong to me. Sunday belong to God. People who neglect church service time or only attend sometimes or just come and go like spectators, even if they attend service, they have little chance to cultivate their own spirit. People who fail to be on time, even for the similar worship service times, and to not cherish them, have no way to be repaired. Church is a factory, okay, re repairing a factory place, like a workshop place. Sunday service is a time to restore the artistic relationship between God and me. In the sense, restoration is ultimately restoration of a heart. So, after having Sunday service and going back home, you always need to leave the remaining time with the same standard as having attended service. This is true service. That's why I am telling you, even though outside religion, Christianity declined, but we need to show the Chonilgu standard of Sunday service. Chonilgu standard. We need to restore back again. Right, my brothers and sisters? Today I talk about change the time to have Sunday service. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Young, uh, for such incredible guidance and precious words and ideas that you're sharing from our two parents is 
uh, words. And so with that, brothers and sisters, uh, we like to hear uh, from our living testimony. And as you already know, uh, we're going to be hearing part two of Rebecca and Chris's uh, testimony. And so with that, I'd like to invite up uh, Re Miss Rebecca Calix to be able to share. So if you can please unmute. Thank you, Yasu. Thank you for introducing us. And thank you so much. Again, Chris, again, thank you. Good morning, Dr. Yong. Thank you for your wonderful message today. Um, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for having us back today. Um, so part two today of our living testimony is going to be about our matching process slash ceremony. <laughs> um, so do you want me to start? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we decided pretty early on in our process that we are going to get matched. Um, and, but as per the matching handbook, um, we wanted to follow the steps that the church suggested and that our parents wanted us to do as well. So we wanted to be completely uni united with our parents. So we followed the seven months. So we were in communication for seven months. We visited in the after the first month of communication and we just wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page, that we were asking the questions that the handbook asked us and making sure that we are really hearing the other person's voice. Um, and through following that handbook, I really feel like we got to know each other very quickly. Um, and I felt really connected with Chris and really connected with his family. Um, and it's an amazing resource. So if you have questions about the matching process, the matching handbook is an amazing resource for all second gens out there, first gens, parents as well. Um, and it's a great starting point to kind of just help you prepare um, and keep yourself on track because even when you ask someone the question, you should also have an answer. So if you're asking someone, oh, how many kids do you want? You should know how many kids that you want so you can answer the question in return um, and not just have a one way conversation, but to make sure that it is a two way street. Um, and our other resource was morning devotion. Um, morning devotion, I think, was such an amazing way for us to kind of realize how the other person thinks in regards to certain things in the church and um, his point of view from Dr. Young's <laughs> probably very different from what I received. But what's amazing about that is sometimes he noticed things or heard things in a very different way or heard something that I didn't even hear in the message. Um, and so when we were able to have that give and take, we were really able to build our spiritual connection and our vertical relationship with God and your parents, and then our vertical relationship with our parents as well. Um, so I thought that that was a very good faith practice that we started with each other, and it's something that we continue to do to this day. Um, yeah. Yeah, so through our process, um, I believe that Rebecca was, it was God giving me a second chance with someone I truly loved with all my heart. And I wanted to make the most, um, make the day uh, the most special because there was so much preparation up to this point. I wanted to show the world how much she meant to me. And I knew that Rebecca had been dreaming of this matching her whole life. So I was going to do everything in my power to make it, make it happen. So. Yeah. And because like, I had been dreaming about this day. Chris had been dreaming about this day. And people had been keeping this 
relationship a secret for so long. <laughs> I was like, we needed to do something special. Hanmi Bowman definitely knows this because she has known since 2021 and has done an amazing job keeping it a secret for us. So thank you. Um, and we wanted to tell people for so long, but we wanted to follow what the handbook suggests, which is do not tell people about your relationship until you are ready to tell the whole world that you are committed to this person. Um, and because there is so much buildup and we had been really preparing our hearts and building our relationship, not only with each other, but with his family, I really got to know his brothers um, and his sisters. And I fell in love with his family and um, everything about them. And he got to know my parents and I believe he feels the same way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so because of that, I wanted our matching ceremony day to be special. Um, and I wanted my siblings to be a part of it as well. And um, only my older brother was able to come, but he was able to represent the rest of my siblings um, because all my siblings, they're very busy. One's in law school at the moment. So he was like, I was on Zoom, but I can only stay for a little bit. But James is there for us. So being able to have at least some of our siblings there was something that was very special for the both of us. Mm -hmm. And I have a very large extended family in California here. Mm -hmm. um, being Mexican, you have a bunch of aunts and a bunch of uncles and a bunch of cousins. And so um, what we did was kind of like have our church ceremony. Um, and then we had lunch and that's when we invited the whole extended family. And that was something that was very special to me to be able to share with them, to show them the amazing person that I met um, and so that they could be a part of it. Um, and for me, the reason why I wanted it to be so big in a sense was because your matching is something big. It is something so special. Um, it is an engagement ceremony and you should, do something big and magnanimous for the person that you were planning to spend the rest of your life with. Um, you were planning to spend an eternity with this person and build that relationship for an eternity. And so you should make it as special as you can. And for some people that might be just a dinner with their family. For other people, it might be a huge party. And um, for other people, it might just be them. And that's everything is special because each relationship is special. Um, and so for us, it was quite large, <laughs> but it was very beautiful and it was from the heart and we prepared it and did our best to make everyone feel included um, and feel the love that we feel for each other. You never invite me. <laughs> I did, Dr. Young. I did. <laughs> We have your picture. <laughs> yeah, and Joshua Holmes was there to represent you, so it was nice to have him there. <laughs> um, and so we actually wanted to share some pictures. I made a little slideshow just to kind of show what we did, because we kind of did our own spin on the matching ceremony. Um, so I'm going to try and share our screen. Is that Sharon? Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, no, okay. Mm. Okay. 
So uh, this was our photo that we used to kind of announce <laughs> that we were matched. Um, this is actually a very significant place for me growing up here in Los Angeles at the Huntington Gardens. And it was kind of, it was a perfect day and a perfect picture to announce our relationship. And this is how we set up our living room. Um, I really wanted to kind of make it feel very homey within our living room so that everyone could see the effort that we put together and show our picture in the center. And we had a picture of two parents um, on a, its own separate table um, so that we had the holy candle there lit the entire time as well. Um, and then this is kind of how we narrowed down the invitees in a sense. So our support, we invited our close family and friends from church in person and on Zoom to attend our church portion of the matching ceremony. Um, and because food is love, my abuelita, my grandmother, um, actually just fell in love with Chris and his family and decided to make 160 tamales with my tia Lorena um, for so we didn't have to worry about preparing any food. They prepared it for us. Um, and the amount of time it takes to make tamales, with tamales, it's a very, very long time. Um, and I was so moved to hear that my grandmother had done this for us because that was her way of giving an offering to the both of us and sharing how much she is excited for us to spend the rest of our lives together. Uh, and then I love scones and chocolate croissants and tea. And so we added that as well. And then our, because family is forever, because family is so important, um, the extended family came a half hour later um, to kind of celebrate like an engagement party. Um, and these are a few pictures from the day. These were the all of the people in person. Um, it was Chris's family, my family, some friends from Minnesota, um, and some friends from here in Los Angeles, and then our friends online on Zoom that weren't able to attend, but it was nice to be able to take a picture with all of them. Oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, so this is kind of more the the breakdown that we did. Um, you know, we everyone can tailor it to the, the way they feel is mo most special to them. So um, I was emceeing the uh, matching ceremony. Then we opened up with two songs. Um, both, did we sing both? Yeah, yeah we, we did. did sing both. Okay, yeah. So we did I'm Yours and... Um, Song of the Garden. Song of the Garden, that's what it was. Uh, and then we did a full kumbe, the family pledge. And then I had my dad um, open up the with a prayer. Uh, and then Rebecca read a scripture. Um, and then we had the parents share uh, their thoughts on how everything went down. And um, so it was actually, it was really nice having um, both parents saying, um, sharing a little bit of, of the story. And then Rebecca and, oh, actually we first had um, the moms pray over us. Um, and then Rebecca and I shared uh, our, our vowels and, um, and how this whole thing went for us uh and then and then to rebecca actually surprised me with a music offering just you know to me 
And so that was, you know, it's not easy to keep everything together. A lot of emotions were uh, uh, flying. So lots of tears, yeah. happy tears, but tears nonetheless. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So then we sung, uh, we sung together uh, with another song. Actually, the song that we sang yesterday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, we had uh, Rebecca's dad close had the closing prayer, signing the papers, and then we had Joshua Holmes do the. Uh, uh, he led the Mondays. Yeah. So. And what was really awesome is Joshua, I actually know Joshua very well. Um, we grew up together in LA. And so to actually have a second gen pastor um, and have him sign our papers, that was something that was very special to me because um, I've been wanting to see second gen kind of step up, especially in LA. And to see the hope that Josh was going to bring for the younger generation and for the second generation and raise them up. I can already see it with him speaking in LA and him taking the time with Takayo to come to our matching ceremony. Mm -hmm. And he spoke um, at our matching ceremony as well. And he mentioned that this was his first act as pastor was signing our matching papers. Um, and I was like, oh, wow. And it was it was just so cool to be a part of that mm. event, in a sense, in both of our lives. Such a big event for us and, and a big event for him as well. Mm. Um, so having him lead the Monsays was very powerful um, and such a perfect way to close off our matching ceremony. Mm. Um, and then after that, of course, we took lots and lots of pictures. <laughs> um, and then we had lunch. So these are some a few pictures from the ceremony. This was us leading the Song of the Garden in the beginning. Um, this is when our parents came up to share something about us um, so that the people in attendance could actually see the parents' point of view as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this is Chris sharing, us signing the papers, me singing a song um, to Chris. I sang a song. Um, Make You Feel My Love, mm -hmm. um, sung by Adele. And then this was Joshua Holmes speaking before he led the Monsays. Mm -hmm. um, and then these were some pictures that we took as well. And I cannot stress enough to take lots and lots of pictures. <laughs> Not at your ceremony, just whenever you're spending time together, it's kind of like a journal. And when you look back, you're like, oh, I remember this. This was at this time when we were doing this together. And it's something that you can always have physically and be able to share that with one another. So take lots of pictures. <laughs> um, and then this was kind of the setup that we did outside. Um, I wanted not only a little bit of me, but I wanted a little bit of Chris. And so these lamps that you see in the distance, they're like pink and white. Those are actually the first things that Chris kind of started with his business. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, so that was just the product that uh, that we sold. That was entering into the retail of like force. Um, that that was the first product that uh, that we sold. And so yeah, so it's kind of cool tying it all together. Yeah. So that was the outside. Um, and then these are everyone that were was in attendance. I believe I got everyone. Um, but 
Well, the other important thing about the matching ceremony is that you're now joining two families. Mm-hmm. Two families is now becoming one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that like kind of took, made my heart um, pound was when I was hanging out with Shizuka and Kiyoshi, which are Chris's sisters, um, they're like, let's take a sister picture. And I was like, okay, I'll take the picture. And they're like, no, let's take a sister picture. And they included me in that photo. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I already feel like a part of the family. And that, that meant a lot to me um, to have sisters like that. And so being able to take those photos with them and feel a part of a family and make two families together and seeing all the support that we have together at this amazing ceremony was something so special. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope people can be inspired by our ceremony and um, our testimonies together. And thank you for being a part of it with us. Wow, wow, wow. What a beautiful testimony. Thank you, Rebecca and Chris. Wow, thank you. This You show us a very good example. Thank you so much. God bless you, Rebecca, Chris. We love you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rebecca and Chris, for uh, really sharing your and concluding that uh, whole matching process, this testimony. And I'm even thinking maybe you guys can get into working for BFM or just start your own business of uh, ho- hosting matchings and blessings. Because, yeah, these are really incredible. It was really yeah. beautiful how you set it up including your family. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까? My brothers and sisters. You know, after I prayed a long time since I came to America, I finally I uh, made a strong determination. I started from the food ministry yesterday morning. So I'd like to invite some people, you know, uh, to my uh, breakfast table every morning. So I started to have uh, from the uh, Clifton Church. Yeah, yesterday I invited the New Jersey church members to breakfast in my room and New York Hotel. Uh, they are Peter Friun and John Kel- uh, Calvin and Yoriko Mayo and his son, Hyo Chong Mayo. We had a very, very beautiful meeting, even though very short. I don't have much time, but we share many things. Thank you so much for your coming and joining my breakfast table. <laughs> 